Hey, this is Dr. Duncan McCollum, and welcome to McCollumWellnessRadio.com podcast. I'm so excited to get this out, get you some great information that you need to hear. Right now, our country needs to learn how to take care of their own health. You're going to find out these issues and answers on McCollumWellnessRadio.com podcast every week. So listen up. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Dr. Duncan McCollum coming to you from KSCO Radio, and uh, this is my stepping in program. And I am so excited to have Dr. Dan Papa on the show with me today. Uh, Dr. Papa is not a stranger to KSCO. I think you've been on here three or four times with not only Michael Olson, but myself. And just to introduce uh, Dr. Papa to you, if you've not heard about him, he's a respected researcher, uh, podcast host, a teacher. He specializes in something that really caught my attention, and that is cellular inflammation. And when I first met him three or four years ago, he said something that caught my heart. And he said, if you want to get well, you got to fix a cell. He said, fix a cell to get well. Now, when DNA got uh, unraveled here in Santa Cruz so many years ago, I, it was an amazing point in, in healthcare. And Dr., uh, I worked with a gentleman named Dr. Uh, Jeffrey Brand, who I'm, I bland, who I'm sure you know. And it was really amazing because it opened up so many doors. But the problem was that there was no really true line. There was not a path that we could follow to an end. And it was like a kid in a candy shop, but with no um, specific uh, route to take through. So I worked with that, and then I got frustrated until I met you, Dr. Papa. And when I met you, you had a path that took us all the way through cellular healing, understanding what was going on with this, the inflammation in the body, how inflammation relates to chronic disease, chronic inflammation, chronic disease, and you nailed it with toxins and how toxins actually are causing chronic disease. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, love it. Yeah, I love uh, being part of the mission, and this is part of it. You're doing an amazing job, Duncan, bringing an answer you know, to this explosion of degenerative disease. Yeah, and you know, I mean, as you and I know, I think something like 81 million Americans have chronic or multiple chronic diseases. Mm. And as we look at this pandemic, quote unquote, that is or isn't a pandemic that's going on and all of the fear that is behind it and who knows what side of politics one way or another are playing a role in this, but everybody's attention is put on whether they should wear a mask or not or uh, you know who's telling the truth or who isn't. But quite honestly, the greatest physician that ever walked this planet is within you and me. So yeah. do you mind speaking to that a little bit? Yeah, you know, it's funny, you know, there's, there is so much debate right now. But, you know, where I look at where the debate should be, it's not. You know, it's funny, when we look back at the experts that were interviewed, right, the goal was, we didn't know how deadly this thing really was, right? So they said it could overwhelm our hospitals, like what we saw in Italy. So we have to flatten the curve, meaning that we can do this distancing and, you know, quarantine and we can basically flatten the curve down to where we don't overwhelm the system. Now, experts were very clear at the end of this, we're going to have the same amount of people get the virus. Of course. I mean, of course we would, you know, because the virus, just like all, and they all explained this very well, that, you know, every virus, whether it's the flu, different flus every year, have to go through the exact same process until they reach herd immunity. And so, you know, by doing this, we're not going to change the number of people that end up with this to hit herd immunity. All right. So they made that very clear. Now, we've done everything. We've flattened the curve. And here we are later still experiencing it, as predicted, by the way. So the point isn't uh, you know, whether we should wear masks or, you know, this treatment, that treatment. Really, the, the key is spreading this to end this. The only way any flu season ends is because we hit herd immunity, meaning enough people actually get exposed and we all start to build up antibodies or we have such a strong immune system, there's something called the innate immune system, where we actually build up enough of this memory to 
or we don't even really even need antibodies. But the point is, is we have immunity. That's the way every virus stops. And somehow we've forgotten this. <laughs> somehow yeah. we've forgotten that we have to spread this to end this. So as we see cases rising up, and of course, cases are now rising up in states where we didn't have a lot in the beginning. New York, we don't see cases. We see a massive drop in cases because it's spread there. New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. You know, but in other areas like Texas, Arizona, we see this rise because we have to spread this to end this. But what we're seeing is a massive drop uh, in actual deaths. And really, that's what should be talked about. But that's not what's happening in the media. The media is just talking about cases, cases, cases. And it really should be, oh, my gosh, deaths are dropping 54% or more. Yeah, and also they should be talking about the fact, hey, it's what's supposed to be happening is happening. You know, basically, we are, right. a lot of people are coming down with cases, but they are putting out the thought that a case means somebody's going to die. And it's a case yeah. means, basically, we, our body is absorbing this um, virus, we're building an immunity to it, and we are able to successfully fight it off, which is what we're supposed to do. I mean, we're surrounded by, I mean, what we're 75 trillion cells. I mean, gosh, when we listen to uh, Dr. Shane talk about how many bacteria are in us or surrounding us or, and viruses, nothing gets into our body without passing through a bacteria or a virus. I mean, we are completely no, covered with microbiome. And uh, yeah. so, you know, microbiome are our friends. Um, we need them and we should not, We, you know, we want it. I think what I'm trying to say is that the media has the, puts out the idea that this is spreading. That's what we yeah. want it to do. It doesn't Absolutely. mean it's more or more dangerous. It means it's doing yeah. what every virus has done since time immemorial. And, um, but, you know, I don't want to make the show, and I know you don't either, about the virus. What we want to talk about is the solution. A solution is build our immune system individually so that we're not dependent on anybody other than ourselves. And so many... You know, the, the book that I, I was talking to you about earlier that I'm writing is you know, reversing our biological clock. And, um, you know, basically most of the people my generation, I'm probably a decade older than you, but we all questioned everything when we grew up. We questioned authority. We had questioned the, the wars. We questioned the government. And now we're all in our 50s and 60s and 70s, and we're just going into the doctor's office and having them feed us these medications mm. without questioning it. And, um, you know, I think we really got to take a look at what's going on and start to and ask the question, can my body fight this off by itself? And if not, if I have comorbidities, which we hear about all the time, then what do I do to get rid of the comorbidities? And in fact, I've put together a 15-day uh, challenge based on your teachings so that people can actually learn how to get the inflammation out of their body. Chronic inflammation causes chronic disease, and we know that. Every, every article you pick up talks about it. So fill in the, fill in the blanks, Doc. Well, look, I mean, the, the fact is, is that uh, you're right. I mean, we, we have to actually be exposed to build immunity, right? I mean, I, I did a Facebook Live, I think it has 3 million views. I basically just cited some studies showing the more hygiene amenities, uh, the more degenerative inflammatory diseases like gut inflammatory diseases, Crohn's, colitis, IBS, and then therefore immune disorders later, like autoimmune, later in life. The, the, the kids that were exposed to more bacteria, viruses, pathogens, uh, all of it, where, you know, obviously much less cancer, autoimmune diseases, and inflammatory uh, gut disorders, you know, and it, that's the reality. We've spent the last 20 years um, just really breaking out of this, you know, hygiene philosophy that we have to kill all the bacteria. We finally break out of that with the science. And now I'm watching little kids slather their hands with hand sanitizer. That is the opposite of what we need to do to build immunity right? We need this microbiome as a force field uh, that really the more diversity and mm -hmm. exposure that you have, and that's the point of those studies, the stronger your immune system. I have been, I mean, you know, I, I haven't slowed down my travel, uh, one, you know, hardly one bit. I've, I've been traveling every month since 
all of this has occurred. I've been exposed to this thing, you know, 20 fold over. So what is the difference of me and my family, by the way, we've been had an employee who is right in and around us every day. She gets COVID. We didn't. What's the difference? Well, there's something called senescent cells, which you know mm -hmm. a lot about, right? Some people refer to them as simply zombie cells, meaning these are cells that live too long. They cause mischief. They drive inflammation. They don't do anything. So when we look at immuno, meaning cells of the immune system, immunosenescent cells, these are immune cells that do nothing, live too long, sit back, they don't do their job. And worse than that, they drive autoimmunity, they drive hyperimmunity, not good, inflammation chronically. So the, the question becomes, you know, how do we get rid of these? Because the point I'm going to make is, is that when we look at people, even younger people who are getting, you know, not just sick from this virus, but who are getting really sick from this virus. There was an article early on by an immunologist. He said it's because they have too many immunosenescent cells. Hmm. These are cells that even young, even young people, even young people, right? Now, again, you mentioned, you know, um, other conditions that other people have that would make them get more sick from COVID, right? Like, you know, I was exposed. I didn't even know I had it. I didn't even know I was exposed. Okay. So, you know, Someone with diabetes, on the other hand, they get it. They're going to be sick for two weeks, right? But who wants that, right? So I get that. So they have more immunosenescent cells than the, the next, you know, 55-year-old like myself. So the difference is immunosenescent cells. Who has more? Well, you will get more sick. <laughs> yeah. Now, it just so happens that older population has more, right? The, you know, there, there could be someone 80 years old that's very healthy that has a very normal amount of immunosenescent cells and they don't get sick from the virus, right? Um, but someone that's 80 typically has a lot of these immunosenescent cells and they'll yeah. get very sick, right, from the virus. So the point is then, the conversation shifts. How do we get rid of, how do we diminish, how do we have less immunosenescent cells? Mm -hmm. So because this isn't the last COVID strain that comes around, by the way, right? This isn't right. the last virus. You know, I mean, I can't remember the last time I had a flu. So we know that if, if these immunosenescent cells are the key here, the tipping yeah. point, who's going to get sick, who's not, then the, the conversation shifts to how do we create less? Now, your program, your 14-day program is basically the answer. Yeah. <laughs> your 14-day program is all about how we get rid of these immunosenescent cells. And exactly. you know, that's it. I mean, you know, can you do it in a few weeks? The answer is yes, you can. And, and when you look yeah. at the science, I mean, I know everyone's hucking a product right now. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you what you're teaching in the 14 days is the real science of how you get rid of immunosenescence. Yeah, you just stop eating bad foods. I mean, you know, it's pretty amazing. Uh, I had this patient today, a 90-year-old man walked into my office, this skinny guy. He had some low back pain. And I'm, he's as lucid as a mat as he could be. He's like, but he hurt his low back early on in the Korean War. I mean, this guy was from England. He was there when the bombing, he was nine years old when England was being bombed during World War II. And I mean, what a fascinating story this guy had. But, you know, I, he goes, well, I'm pretty skinny. I don't eat much. And I'm thinking to myself, no wonder you're so healthy. You know, you're not eating much. And that's the whole crux of the whole problem. No, I listen, it's, too you, know, much. you said something that I, 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 I it was kind of like, uh, yeah, maybe it was a slip. If it were only so easy to just say, oh, I'm just going to eat better. It's not that easy anymore, right? Yeah. It's like, first of all, people watching this would be like, okay, why well, I, I eat, oh, you know, eat more fruits and vegetables. I've heard that before. Oh, eat, yeah. you know, eat better. Okay, I've heard that before. You know, what you're teaching in that is, is not that at all, actually. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you hit upon it. When we look at the science, people who eat less live longer. But it's how you eat less. You don't eat less by pushing half your meal away, right? I mean, that, that, that's the message that you get on, you know, every news, every morning show, every, you know, magazine you read, you know, open up. It's eat less calories, right? Exactly. Oh, God, if it were always so simple. No, it's not. Eat more fruits and vegetables. No. But we're always so simple. It's not. How you get rid of immunosenescent cells is a strategy and fasting strategies of exactly. just cycled eating, changing your diet, something you're going to teach on called diet variation, totally mm -hmm. different than what you think. You know, and of course, fasting period. You know, our DNA is set up with the fasting, but 
in a fasting state, and it's not what you think. Fasting, there's a lot of ways to fast, and you don't just fast. You build up to it, which, Duncan, that's your, the whole program you're teaching. But your body gets rid of bad cells. Guess what it gets rid of? Those uh, immunosenescent cells. Yeah. You know, there was Back when I studied fasting in the 90s, one of the criticisms of fasting is, oh, it lowers your immune system. And because mm -hmm. what happens, they would see on blood work, they would see white blood cells plumbing. Well, it wasn't until more recent science showed that, well, white blood cells do plummet during a fast. But what's happening is they're getting rid of these immunosenescent cells, these white blood cells that live too long and drive inflammation, disease, right? Yeah. And, and now we know set us up for more viruses and, and well, more sickness, I'd say, and more exposure. But the point is, is that when you see this drop in white blood cells, the body's too smart in a fasting state to get rid of healthy white blood cells, the study showed it's getting rid of these senescent ones, the ones that live too long and drive the inflammation. So you know, that's obviously you're going to you know, teach the how-to and you know stuff that we've learned over our years, uh, you're going to be talking about it. Yeah, you know, it's really amazing. There's an uh, a article uh, that says that the whole immune system can be rebuilt in 72 hours and um, with fasting. And um, the the exactly what you're saying the point is in a as, fa as fasting state for all of you out there listening i mean dr pompa and i this is dr dan pompa i'm so glad he's on the show with me ksco radio but our whole point isn't to um talk about not eating our point is to how about how the body breaks down the weakest and most uh the least synergistic cells possible during fast so it's going to go, I need a vitamin K. Where can I find a vitamin K in my body? Well, there's a weak cell that's not doing anything. I'm going to blast that thing, and I'm going to recycle everything out of that. And this is a term called autophagy. And Dr. Yushinori Asumi, who won the, new, the Nobel Prize for 2016, really kind of set this whole thing going because he realized that after, I believe, a 30-hour fast, that autophagy was at its peak. It was, your body was scavenging, looking for, it wasn't starving to death. It was going around going, hey, how can I be more efficient? What cells can I just break down that are being weak? This is a good time to clean house. And it takes those cells, breaks them down into their, con their components, and then reuses them to make new stem cells. I mean, it's, it's such a, the body is so amazing. It's just unbelievable how it operates. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, the body has an innate intelligence and fasting in times of not eating or dietary change, your body harnesses that intelligence, takes that energy and drives it to things that it wanted to heal, but just didn't have the extra energy to heal. And, you know, that really is what happens during a fast. It takes so much energy to process, assimilate and digest food. And you don't realize that that is the number one uh, energy source, if you are the, the number one energy output. And when mm. we stop that, we divert that energy towards healing. I call it energy diversion. And man, the body revs up the healing. And of course, it's so smart that it's getting rid of these bad cells that live too long and cause cancer. They duplicate other bad cells, drive inflammation. But here's the best part. It literally, once it gets rid of that bad cell, that immune cell, Guess what it does? It stimulates a stem cell and it creates a new immune cell that does the right thing. This immune cell is strong, vibrant, young. It's not hyper-reacting, driving autoimmune. So it's a naive cell that is actually doing what it should be doing, unlike the senescent <laughs> cell. So you, you, know, you basically tear down, but you rebuild. And that's yeah. what happens during fast. That's amazing. I, I have an, a, a perfect analogy for you along that. Uh, I just took my family to Montana. Uh, my daughter, uh, Natalie, is 26 years old. She got tired of not being able to go on fishing trips with us. She was always afraid of the fish getting hurt when we caught them. We do catch and release fly fishing. So I go, okay, Natalie, you can go, but you've got to not ward all, warn all the fish that were coming. So she promised that, right? So she's never fly fished a day in her life, right? So we go out to the Bighorn River, and it's amazing. We had guides, and uh, my my best friend, who's an emergency room doc, you know, we we have great conversations. And my my son, who's uh, twenty three, we've been fishing for years. We lost so many fish because 
we knew what to do. My daughter the, caught the first fish. It was a 19 and a half inch brown trout on a fly. She caught probably 14 or 15 huge fish that size within two or three days, lost one. We lost so many. And she goes, oh, you know, you told me I'm supposed to fish. You hook the fish and bring it in. What's the big deal? You know, and us who know so much lost so many fish because we knew too much. And that's almost like the white blood cells that have all this experience on fighting viruses and bacteria in our body versus a brand new senescent one that says, oh, I'm supposed to keep the body healthy. I'll just do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It focuses on the majors, right? It's, yeah. it's not distracted. And yeah, that's... My uh, son was so mad. She caught all these big fish. And well, he finally did, but she killed it. But that's a perfect example of that. Yeah, that's great. This is KSCO, Dr. Duncan McCollum, Stepping In Radio. I have Dr. Dan Papa as a guest again. He's been on my show two or three times. He's been on a Michael Olson's show a couple times. And he is the leader in cellular healing, as, you know, as far as I'm concerned. He has set up amazing programs to get really fantastic results. We are doing a program. It's a 15-day challenge where we're going to teach you how to get into ketosis, how to implement intermittent fasting, utilize the strategies of diet variation and uh, ancient healing strategies. And one of the main points that people just don't understand or don't talk about is cellular detoxification. So we're going to get your body rebooted. We're going to start to get this thing going. You can go to McCollumWellness.com and sign up for the course. It's you know, 149 bucks. You'll save that much money in the money and the food you don't buy. And uh, it's, a, it's going to be an amazing course, so I really uh, recommend it. You go to McCollumWellness.com and get started on this. And again, Dr. Pompa, thank you so much, because this is all from you that we're allowing to help other people reap the benefits of this. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And you do an amazing job thank of you. getting it uh, out there. And your classes are amazing. And uh, I've heard testimony after testimony. As a matter of fact, you've taught at seminar on actually how to do this class because you do it so well. Yeah, so uh, arguably you do it far better than I. So um, <laughs> thank God. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I, I just want to make a comment. I think I've known you for about four years now. And we've, uh, we've gone through a lot of uh, work together with our group of doctors. You know, we have 40 or 50 doctors. We meet every week. We talk about trends and, and what's going on. New science is coming out. We rewrite different protocols for all these things like Lyme disease or, um, you know, small intestinal bowel overgrowth, bacterial overgrowth, whatever it is. But I have watched you and um, you look about 10 years younger than the day I met you. And I know that you've done so much uh, and all of us in our group, you say, we're doing this. Okay. We're trying it. And we go out and we try everything before we put it out to the public. And that, that's such sure. an amazing benefit to do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. Uh, we live it to lead it. And that's the name of our seminars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, it, but it is true. You know, I mean, we, we, everything that you're teaching, we do. Right. I mean, that's, that's the only, and we've learned, right, by doing. Uh, obviously, we do it ourselves. And then that gives us the authority to, you know, do it with our clients and patients. And, uh, and then you learn in that as well. So, yeah. You know, yes, the science is one thing, but clinical experience that you're bringing in your class is another. Wow, that, you know, that really is it, you know, because we, there's so many opinions out there and there's so much stuff that you can look up online and you can read this or that. A lot of these uh, papers are theory, you know, and what we yeah. do in our group, and it's so amazing, is we actually put it to practice and we throw out yeah. what doesn't work. And we yeah. put in what does work. And that's why this 15-day yeah. program is going to be so, so good for people because we know exactly how it works. You know, I mean, it's so true, right? It's, you know, the, the smartest persons in the, in the room. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, as a group, we are so much smarter, right? It's like things come out of our training classes. It's like we're all like, oh, man, wouldn't have thought of that, right? You know, but when we put our minds together, uh, you know, yeah, great. You can read something in a scientific study, but what comes out is brilliance. What comes out is what actually works. What comes out is, okay, this in a clinical setting worked, but what if we do this? And then we even take things to the next level beyond the science, right? And 
you know, I, that whole program really was evolved from that process right there. Yeah. And, you know, um, just for those listening out there, the 15 day program is going to take you up to, if you're ready, a 30 hour fast. And the, the purpose of that is we want to give Dr. Pompa talked about this earlier, but we know that 60% of our body's energy is used to digest food. And Western medicine would say, if you're pre-diabetic or diabetic, eat six times a day. Well, you are basically taking 60% of your body's energy and making it digest food rather than allow it to take a look and scan the body and figure out what needs to be fixed, what organ needs a little bit of help, where do we put stem cells here. It's almost, it's kind of crazy. It's almost like the media. You create so much noise over here that you can't really solve the problem because our problem is we don't know what to do about the coronavirus. Well, some of us do. We believe we have the right answer. And, but when you get so distracted with all of this noise, like your body's distracted digesting inflammatory foods all the time, then all that's doing is creating more and more problems in your body to fight. So not only are you using 60% of the body's energy to digest the food, maybe another 30% is being used to handle the inflammation caused by that bad food you're eating. You have 10% left to heal your body, and those are just fictitious numbers, and to function in life. So let's talk about the ketogenic diet and, and what ketones do versus glucose. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, ketosis has now been you know, popularized. Uh, a lot of people have heard the word, but just for those who haven't, it's when we're, we, cells can use two things for energy, sugar or fat. And if we lower carbohydrate intakes enough, it forces the cell to use fat as energy. And why is that significant? Because fat burns cleaner than sugar. So we decrease cellular inflammation, which that's a whole nother class, but that's why people don't feel well, <laughs> ultimately. If we can reduce your cellular inflammation, we can increase your cellular function and we can change your life. Okay, so this is a first step. If we can reduce the inflammation by switching the fuel that your cell uses, magic happens. Now, when your cells start to burn fat, it makes something miraculous called ketones. And your brain just so happens to love them. So does your gut. So ketones now in research, we really learn that humans were meant to go through times of ketosis. Without it, we don't reset our bad genes that get turned on via stressors. We don't reset our brain, our gut microbiome, our immune system. Ketones almost act like this little switch that turns good things on and bad things off. So you're going to learn how to get into this state of ketosis. And then when you restrict a fast, even for 30 days, ketones go even higher into these therapeutic ranges that are just, you know, miraculous for all of your immune system, your gut, your brain, you know, and you start down-regulating these bad genes. So, you know, that's what you're going to learn. But it, we really talk about it as becoming fat-adapted, right? How to become fat-adapted means that we're going to force your body to make these ketones and burn fat. Pretty, pretty easy to understand, I hope. Yeah, you know, it's pretty amazing. If you take a look at fossil fuel, for instance, you know, there's so much oil underneath the ground that can be burned as energy. Well, the United States is rated that we are the worst for obesity from all of the industrialized world. All of that means is we've got fossil fuel sitting there in our body waiting to be burned. Yeah. Now, the problem is there's a lot of toxins stored in there. So we need to learn how to do this correctly because toxins are stored in fat cells. Um, it's really interesting. I looked up ketones in the dictionary a while back in Webster's, you know, whatever dictionary it was. And it said, ketones are the other fuel used when you don't have enough glucose. And I thought, wow, what a terrible definition. It should say ketones are the clean burning fuel that actually don't cause toxicity in the body. The brain loves them. Cancer can't live off of them. And your, your body will, your immune system is strengthened by it. But other than, you know, whoever wrote that definition probably was involved in the food and drug industry that says, let's get everybody eating as much carbohydrates as possible so they're as inflamed as possible so that they're going to feed this whole system called the, the healthcare system in the United States. Yeah, I mean, technically it was correct, but you're right. It, it, it sounds like, you know, basically, well, when, you know, 
when you don't have this, which you need, then, okay, then it uses this. It doesn't sound like it's as miraculous as that it is, you know, but yeah, I mean, imagine if they actually said that, you know, oh, and by the way, uh, studies show that you actually need times in ketosis to turn off bad genes and to heal your brain and your gut. Uh, yeah, well, it's, you know, not so simple. As a matter of fact, most people, if you went to your doctors or your doctor and they saw ketones in your blood, they would go, oh, you might be diabetic. See, they only think of ketones as a bad diabetes thing, which is true, right? A diabetic can, you know, basically throw ketones into these ridiculous high levels, and that's not good. Let's be clear. But that is not nutritional ketosis. But believe it or not, most doctors don't know the difference. I've seen people... I, I've seen people with blood tests, their doctors like literally want to rush them into the emergency room because they had ketones in their blood. And it's like, they, I get a text or an email going, my doctor wants to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh gosh, tell them, you know, it's okay. You know, ketones, yeah. you know, uh, at that level are absolutely normal. So there's a lot of bad information. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you and I grew up, um, we were told that the American breakfast was cereal, toast, and orange juice. All of that turns to sugar. It all turns to glucose. And when you do that day after day after day after day, pretty soon your body gets programmed with, these, with this type of fuel. And there's this something called the microbiome, which is the bacteria that surrounds us, but also it's in our gut. And that Nothing gets into our actually human cells till it goes through a bacteria or, or a virus right. or something. So <clears throat> when we eat only sugar-related food, we know that it burns like smoky, wet uh, pine, and it's very inflammatory. But those bugs in our gut become so demanding. It's almost like I tell my patients when they keep going, well, I just can't resist the ice cream. I go, it's not you. It's the microbiome in your gut. So give yourself a break. You know you shouldn't have it, but your gut's saying, I need immediate sugar, and that ice cream sounds pretty good. So next time you want ice cream, don't blame your brain. Blame your gut, and then don't do it. You know, there's, there's another part to that. There's the hormonal part that why it's not your fault, why you fail on all the diets, and you're going to teach on this, but just to share a little bit, you know, I said your cells use two things for energy, sugar or fat. Most people in this country are stuck as sugar burners with the hormonal inability to use fat. Now, think about this. What does that do? Okay, well, it does a couple things that are really bad and a couple things that make you fail on a diet. So one of which, okay, if when you're not eating, okay, that means you're not getting any glucose, then your body needs to use a different fuel. So a healthy body will go into this mode and start using your own stored fat as energy. It's perfect. Works wonderful. Oh, and what happens at night when you're not able to eat, right? So you, you ate your last meal at 7 p.m. maybe, and now you're at 2, 3, 4 in the morning. Your body needs tremendous amounts of energy to sleep. Where's it getting its energy? So, well, it should get it from your fat stores. But if you're stuck as a sugar burner, it doesn't. So. It has two choices. In the daytime, it could give you a craving that you can't resist, meaning eat the carbohydrate, the bread, the Snickers bar, whatever it is, because it can't shift over, which is a hormone issue, into a fat burner. So it gives you a craving you can't resist. Why? To survive. It just wants to survive. So it will make you eat the sugar. It's not your fault. Now, in the middle of the night, two, three in the morning, it needs energy. It can't shift over to burn your own fat. So what does it do? Well, it might wake your butt up. To, and some people actually have to go eat to fall back to sleep. So that's not good. But most oftentimes, it will just burn your muscle. And that's not good. Because yeah. you can take muscle and make sugar from it. It's called gluconeogenesis. But the problem with that is, is you're, you're gaining muscle. And you're losing muscle. And you're getting fatter because your immune system goes down. So I, I call it you're getting skinny fat. You look skinny, but you're getting fat in all the wrong spots. That all is a consequence of your cell's inability, hormonal inability, to use fat as energy. So therefore, what you're going to learn in the class is how to make that shift, how to get your cells using fat. And by the way, that's how you stay lean 
depending, doesn't matter what age you are, right? I'm as lean today at 55 as I was when I was in my 30s or even 20s for that mm -hmm. matter. Why? Because when I'm not eating, I'm utilizing fat at night, in the day, yeah. whatever. But most people have to keep shoveling food, you know, e even whether it's almonds, it's this, it's that, it's this drink, it's that drink. Why? Because your body is not shifting over to use fat. When it shifts over to use fat, you don't have cravings. I haven't eaten today. It's three o'clock in the afternoon, mm -hmm. my time. I haven't eaten anything yet. Yeah, I haven't either, so, actually. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so amazing because um, when you, I just recommend everybody who's listening to the show go up and look in the mirror and go, do I look like I have extra fuel stored on me? Because most of us do. 50% of Americans, 55% of Americans are overweight or obese. And um, that's stored fuel. And if we can teach our body how to burn ketones, it does not know how to, I mean, very limitedly. But if we can teach them how to, how to burn ketones, which we're going to teach in our class starting Monday night, you go to McCollumWellness.com to sign up for the class. But then your body's going to start actually recycling some of these, the, the um, energy that's stored in your body as fat. And you want to get rid of that stuff. It's, it's like fish. You know, fish is great when it's uh, fresh. But the longer it sits around, the worse it gets and the more it stinks. And the fat in your body, you want to get that stuff moving and recycling and using it as fuel because it also stores all of the toxins, the heavy metals, anything your body's afraid it's going to hurt it, it puts it in an inert substance. And that inert substance is fat because it's not water-soluble. Water so that's your body's mechanism of storing fat. So a lot of times when people try to do a ketogenic diet – um, without any instruction and they hear something online and they try it, they end up getting sick. And sometimes it's called the keto flu or they end up doing some kind of dirty keto where they're eating the wrong oils and they're eating foods that are basically toxic. And then they end up either getting really sick or they quit. And then the problem now is that they don't have the opportunity to use something so simple to get them well. So it's so important to be able to understand going through the process that's been laid out, and you've done such a great job of laying this out in a way that I have not had. There's been a couple people that we, and we know the five reasons people can't get into ketosis, and uh, you've laid those out for us so well. So when somebody has trouble, we know what to do. And, you know, it's not a matter, you can't fail at this. Um, a, a good friend of mine um, he's a, unfortunately he passed away a while ago, but his daughter had said something at his eulogy, and she said that my dad always said, "You can always retry, you can always try again and again and again, but you can yeah. only quit once." And right. to me, that was an amazing phrase. You can continue to try again, you can start again, you can quit once. If you really want to get healthy, it doesn't matter if you decide you're going to fast today and you wake up at 2 o'clock, you go, no, I'm not, I'm eating. You got tomorrow. We've got the rest of our life to get healthy or the rest of our life to become chronically diseased. So the choice is yours. The path is pretty much laid out for us now. I've put hundreds of people through this program since, since its inception, and we've had amazing success stories, people getting off of insulin, their doctors saying, it's amazing, keep doing what you're doing. One guy got off 40 Advil, or no, 80, 800 milligrams of ibuprofen a week. Another, yeah. you know, it's just amazing. And you've seen that as well through all of the doctors we work with. Yeah. Now, it works. I, you know, I, and again, it's one thing reading the literature, but it's another thing when we have thousands of people who have been through the program and <laughs> their lives yeah. change. You know, and it goes beyond weight loss, obviously. Yeah. I mean, weight loss resistance is an epidemic, meaning it doesn't matter what you eat or how much you actually can't lose weight. Uh, this obviously is an answer for that, but um, I think it's a better answer for the explosion of degenerative diseases. I mean, when you look at the amount of autoimmune uh, that we have, and again, so many people don't feel well. Um, they just wake up with pain and fatigue and brain fog. It's autoimmune. You just haven't been diagnosed, right? It's, it's an explosion, right? I mean, of people that just don't understand why they don't feel well. Well, uh, look, I, I believe that we have a unique answer. Some of these podcasts have been pre-recorded, so some of the offers on there may have expired, but the current data is very important to listen to.
So listen, we're going to take, I'm going to just uh, take a, a minute to um, tell people about the course that I'm doing that is basically inspired by Dr. Dan Papa, who's on the show with me today. It's a 15-day challenge that's going to take you through the five concepts that you, Dr. Papa, so, so cleverly put together. And that's basically the ketogenic diet coupled with intermittent fasting. So we're going to allow the body time to heal. And then the ancient healing strategies is amazing. And the, the diet variation, those two kind of go hand in hand. But if you don't know how to get the toxins out of the cells, then you are not going to succeed at this. So we're going to teach all that. It's a, If you go to McCollumWellness.com, uh, you can sign up for the course that is uh, starting on the 17th. And it's going to be 15 days. We're going to have five Zoom meetings. And every day you will get instructions on what to do next. I'm so excited about it. It's just... It's, it's so well put together, you can't fail at it. So I really appreciate uh, the teaching you've given us and how we've all worked together to evolve to a new level. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was a team effort, so appreciate you as well. Yeah, so let's talk for a moment about um, stem cells. People may or may not really understand what they are. You know, I always say, look, an egg sperm comes together, that's the ultimate stem cell, and it can divide up into 200 different types of cells. And it, within nine months, we have this perfect little baby, you know, re, uh, without any kind of genetic stuff that may or may not turn on. And a lot of that can be because the mother is toxic by the, when she gets pregnant. We know that 278 different um, toxins have been found in the umbilical blood of babies yeah. that haven't even lived outside the womb. Yeah. So one thing I, I really try to impress on all of my patients, because they all have children, if your children or you want to have, are thinking of having a child, let's make sure that you are safe first. Let's check your heavy metals. Um, can, you, can you talk about what you've seen in that arena? Yeah, I mean, look, when you look at the number one source of lead, I mean, this happened in my own family. My wife got a lot of lead from her mother who ended up dying of cancer. Uh, my wife hormonally, according to tests, was heading in the exact same direction, right? And where was their source? Mom. Well, my kids, uh, we do all of these healthy things, had certain symptoms. I end up realizing, oh my gosh, they must have got my wife's lead test them, let off the chart, which led to gastrointestinal issues, different things going on. Four generations, it's estimated, just passing the physical inheritance of lead down. Now, there's another thing that's inherited, and that's called the epigenome, meaning that certain genes, toxins literally trigger bad genes. Uh, and I, I love talking about the, the Duke University study because they, it, they took two identical twin groups of mice, identical, same DNA put them in the same environment, same food, same everything, except one group they exposed to a certain toxin. And this group triggered a gene called the agouti gene. They became overweight and basically thyroid type conditions. Hair became dry, like literally turned yellow. Now, here's the problem, is that, was, that gene was triggered in the next generations, despite exposing them to the toxin. They didn't even need to be exposed to the toxin. The gene was turned on, and here these little teenage mice had weight loss resistance, thyroid issues. So that's the problem. Toxins trigger a gene. The gene is then also inherited for generations. The good news in the study was a lot of what we know now, we can actually turn off those genes. Um, and that's a lot of what we teach, right? But you know, so we don't need to carry that gene on generationally. It can be stopped. And so do the toxins. They have to be stopped. So this is a generational problem to your point. Mercury, there's a study called the DRASH study. Ladies, the number of silver fillings that you've had or have in your mouth is proportional to how much mercury they find in the baby's brains in utero. And that was an autopsy study, so very accurate. So the point is, is that, yes, toxicity starts in the womb and it accumulates yeah. to the tomb right from the womb to the tomb and we end up sick in our 30s 40s or 50s you know forgetting where it all started right forgetting where it all started and you're teaching something else that we as a group of doctors do and that's the cellular detox which is the key turning off the genome to detoxing the cell and really starting a new life yeah you know it's really interesting when you look at 
um, the accumulation of like mercury in the body and in the brain. And we know that we talk about toxins, you know, glyphosate or, or Roundup. And we know that it destroys the, the gut, it destroys the blood-brain barrier, and it pushes these toxins deeper and deeper into the brain. And, and into the organs as well. And it's, it's, a, it's a huge problem. And there's been so much of this stuff put into our environment. The only thing that we can do, and this, this gets back to what we were talking about at the beginning. Look, it's about our immune system. Whatever threat is out there, I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there that could get us. And right now, the biggest one that we're all worried about is the coronavirus. And, you know, I can tell you that I've seen more uh, damaged by mental stress oh, yeah. than I've seen anybody who I, my patients with Corona, I haven't seen it, but I've That's seen so many problem. people coming in. Uh, this one woman, uh, I actually met her on an airplane coming back from an event that you spoke at and she was from my town and she ended up coming in for sciatica. And I just wrote the book, new hope for sciatica. So she came in and, uh, that was before Corona. And all of a sudden, when Corona hit, she was a basket case. Mm. She was so anxious. She wouldn't leave her house. She was shaking. And her adrenal glands got so wiped out because of the, the we're, you know, basically when you're in a chronically in a, in a sympathetic state, which means fight or flight, we're being told that there's a virus we can't see feel, touch, know if it's there. We don't know if it's sneaking up on us. It's like an invisible tiger that you you're always have to be aware of, that it could jump at you at any time. And I see that sure. so much in our public right now. They're, they're afraid. They're, I had a guy come in today who is a patient who I haven't seen since Corona, and he's, uh, he's got neuropathy in his legs, and I was doing our stem cell machine on him, and he was getting some results from it. But he says... I can't leave my house because of the coronavirus. And, you know, it's, I don't know where people are getting this. Well, I know where they're getting the information, but, you know, take a look around and see what's really going on. I mean, I don't see that many cases of people dying in Santa Cruz. I think three people have died this whole time and they all had what we call co comorbidities. And the point is everybody needs to get this exposed to it so we can get her, herd immunity. Absolutely. It's sad. I mean, you know, the numbers look, I, you know, there, the numbers of deaths have even been exaggerated because hospitals get money from the government for uh, COVID diagnosis and deaths. And, you know, I mean, that was set up uh, for a righteous reason, honestly, right? I mean, you know, the hospitals, we were very worried about what this was going to do and, and people weren't going to hospitals, right? So, it was a way of helping keep the hospitals going. So I get it. But the problem is human takes place, right? It's like, okay, so the hospital administration, their job is to make sure the hospital's making money. They're going, okay, you know, if it's this, COVID. If it's even this, COVID. I heard the greatest analogy, right? It was, they said, look, this was a, a doctor. They probably took his video off the internet. He said, look, you know, we don't, when someone comes in with a bad cold and, you know, dies of a heart attack, we don't say that the bad cold killed him. <laughs> that doesn't go on his death report. But with COVID, that's what's happening. If someone comes in with the flu and dies of a stroke, we don't say it was the flu. It was the stroke that actually killed him. Uh, you know, but unfortunately, that, that is what's happening. But look, forget it. Let's take the numbers for what they are, right? E even if they're exaggerated. We, we still go, okay, you know, when we look at this thing, it's still not that different than the flu. Right. But we, if we really took off those numbers, it's probably about the same as the flu. And for healthy people, honestly, you're better off. I would sooner get COVID than the flu. And I, I had COVID. You know, it's like just I didn't have even one symptom. If I got the flu, that might be a different story. You know, so for someone who's healthy, you're probably better off getting COVID than the flu. But for someone who has a lot of immunosenescent cells, yeah, you're probably off. You're probably not going to fare well with COVID. Um, because, you know, it would create, it creates this cytokine reaction. And that's what, where that lung thing comes in. And, and again, where we're seeing that is with some of the comorbidity comor with some of these other conditions. And we're seeing that with these immunosenescent cells. So healthy, man, that's it. Let's just get healthy and let's get exposed and let's move on. Yeah, thank you so much. And so uh, we've just got a few more minutes here. This is Dr. Duncan McCollum with Dr. Dan Pompa. 
Um, Dr. Pompa is, uh, is an amazing doctor that is, has, leads a whole troop of doctors all over the nation and other countries as well, teaching us what we can do to get the body's immune system healthy, to actually reverse a biological clock, which is really pretty cool. Yeah. And what you were just mentioning is the senescent cells, which is senile cells. They're old cells that should have died a long time ago. They are, cells are actually programmed to die. It's called apoptosis, programmed cell death. But because of the confusions of the body, the inflammation in the body, the toxins in the body, a lot of these cells don't die. And they just sit there and all they do is take up space and demand energy and then they spill out bad stuff. And those cells can become cancer cells, they're um, immune, uh, they're, they have a weakened immune system. The more of those that you have in your body, the sicker we're gonna get. So what the take home message is, if you, and listen, if you're out there thinking you need to wear a mask, and that's awesome, I appreciate that, and you're concerned about being around people, but you're eating sugar, and you're overweight, and you're drinking or smoking, you might as well take the mask off, because unless you correct that stuff, your, your immune system is going to be weak enough to allow you to get not only possibly contract the virus, but be devastatingly affected by it. So. Yep. That's why I'm speaking up. That's why I have Dr. Papa on the show today. We have a 15-day program starting on Monday. You could go to McCollumWellness.com that's going to actually teach you and your body how to increase the immune system's strength because we're going to get you, we're going to have you stop eating inflammatory foods. We're going to have you learn how to do intermittent fasting, which means a lot of that energy that goes to digesting food can go to actually help your body repair itself. We're going to teach you how to get your body into ketosis, which is viruses can't live off ketones. Cancer can't live off ketones. Bacteria can't live off ketones. So why wouldn't we want to have more of our diet be on ketones rather than 100% glucose? Most of our body doesn't even know how to, build, how to burn a ketone. Then we're going to teach something that you talked about, and you teach this so well, which is called diet variation. You can't be on one type of food or one type of diet forever. It's as it bad as eating sugar all day. You have to move in and out of these various diets. And um, that's called the ancient healing strategies. And you saw this with your studies in Africa. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, uh, it's true. I, I think the big mistake is we get on a diet it helps us. So we just stay on that diet forever. And it's a mistake. And, and I talk and present studies showing that, um, that staying on the same diet, because we can today, ancient cultures were forced to change their diet for multiple reasons, but how it literally leads to a lack of diversity in our microbiome, leads to immune problems, leads to many problems. You're going to teach strategies weekly, monthly, and seasonally on how to vary the diet. By the way, it is like for many people, they go, this was the key. I don't feel like I'm even on a diet, you know, it's because right. of the strategies, but it actually is a strategy to get, keep you burning fat as well. So, but it helps you mentally too, because it makes yeah. you feel like you're not. Well, we're up against the hour and uh, this is Dr. Duncan McCollum, Dr. Dan Pompa. Um, go to McCollumWellness.com to find out more about uh, this, this workshop we're starting on Monday. And we will see you guys all next week. Thank you so much.